The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I'm here today again teaching the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. We're on chapter 10 now, and we're going to have a great time talking about this chapter. The chapter is, it is my intention to feel successful and attract abundance into my life. And it starts off with uh, two quotes. One is from the uh, Apostle Paul. God is able to provide you with every blessing and abundance. And then from Lao Tzu, when you realize there's nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. So he starts off with this conversation on page 173 of the book. And with the statement, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And then he starts talking about the quantum physics that at the subatomic level, every time you look at it or observe a particle, it changes the particle. In other words, your consciousness involved with the particle at the quantum level, at the subatomic level, actually changes the subatomic particle. It's real interesting because it's basically saying that at the at excuse me, at the most minute level of life, consciousness affects how life shows up. So he says, as in the microcosm, so is the macrocosm. So let's look at page uh, 174. How do you look at life? The way you look at life is essentially a barometer of your expectations based on what you've been taught you are worthy of and capable of achieving. These expectations are largely imposed by external influences such as family, community, and institutions, but they're also influenced by the ever-present inner companion, your ego. So what he's saying is this, how do you look at your life? What are your expectations? What do you believe you deserve? And when you start to pay attention to deep-seated beliefs, your observation will give you the opportunity to dissolve or transform any belief to match up with the truth of your being. And that truth is that the presence of God lives within you, and that presence knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. God in me knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. The I am in me knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So as you take inventory with your life, And when I say inventory of your inner life, it will help explain why things show up in your outer life. All right. So he goes on to say, on page 175, take an inventory of how you look at the world, asking yourself how much of your life energy is focused on explaining away potentially optimistic viewpoints by preferring to see the inequities and inconsistencies in the abundance for all philosophy. In other words, as Reverend Ike used to say, get your butt out of the way. You say, I know I could, but I would, but I should, but get your butt out of the way. Because if you're talking yourself out of the possibility of your own good, 
then why would you expect life to show up any different? This is an important point. You have to get your butt out of the way. What is your butt that you're using to explain away potentially optimistic viewpoints? What is your butt? What are your butts? Is it race? Is it gender? Is it age? Is it education? Is it your upbringing? Is it a physical challenge? Your health? What's your butt? Because history has shown us throughout what we have as recorded history that human beings have the remarkable ability to overcome amazing obstacles. That a Stephen Hawking's can be one of the greatest scientists in the world while dealing with a debilitating illness that took away his ability to physically move or speak. That we can have situations and circumstances where people who have learned how to write with their toes, well, we've had people who have come out of extremely hazardous and dangerous parts of the world, all over the world, where war or and violence is consistently present. And out of that or those type of situations, they remarkably succeeded. There's so much in us, but we have to believe that it's possible. If you talk yourself out of the possibility, there is no opportunity for transformation. So the book goes on to say, how does the universal all-creating field of intention look at life? It says the field of intention, which is responsible for all creation, is constantly giving. In fact, it knows no bounds to its giving. It just keeps on converting pure formless spirit into a myriad of material forms. Furthermore, this field of intention gives an unlimited supply. There is no such concept as shortage or scarcity when it comes to the originating source. There's no lack in God. Just say that to yourself. There's no lack in God. Therefore, there could be no lack in my life. There is no lack in God. Therefore, there cannot be any lack in my life. So let's look at it from the standpoint of, of Wayne Dyer when he said, so we're looking at two major conceptualizations when we think of the universal mind's natural abundance. First is that it is perpetually giving, and second, that it offers an infinite supply. God is always giving. And it's stated in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, a statement that's attributed to Jesus. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure, not just pleasure. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I love the statement that we use in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the organization through which I'm ordained as a minister and, and licensed as a teacher. We say in our first statement of faith, it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. 
something that's just ingrained. All right. So let's get back to the book. Last paragraph on page 175, the last four or five lines. Your source is abundant and you are your source. Therefore, you must communicate this back since your source is always serving and giving and you are your source, then you must always be in a state of serving and giving. This source can only work with you when you are in harmony with it. What does he mean you are your source? That means that God's presence lives in you as the I am, as the Christ, as the spiritual being, as God's idea of itself. So the God that is the source of your supply is not just universal mind, divine spirit everywhere present, but it is also the presence and power of God as it individualizes as you. All right. Let me just give you an example. He writes on page 176. A message of the failure of intention that says, please send me more money is interpreted as, interpreted as you're, you're seeing yourself in a state of scarcity. But this source has no concept of scarcity. It doesn't even know what not having enough money means. Thus, its response back to you will be, here's a state of needing more money because that's how you think. And I'm in the mind which you think. So here's more of what you don't want and don't have. In other words, the more we put our attention, energy, thought, feeling, belief, words, and actions toward what we don't want, the more of that shows up. Because that's where our attention goes. And where your attention goes, your power flows. So he wrote, but the real truth is the universal source knows only abundance and giving and will respond with money flowing to you if your intention is. I have enough money, and I allow what I already have enough of to flow to me. I love that as an affirmation. I have enough money, and I allow what I already have enough of to flow to me. See how that changes the intention? All right? So he goes on to say, get rid of the concept of shortages because God hasn't got a clue about such things. This is what Joe Goldsmith was trying to get across, and he was a Christian metaphysical absolutist, a great mystic and metaphysician of the 20th century. And his position was, you know, you're basically like you're praying for healing, but God doesn't know anything about sickness. You can only pray for God's wholeness to magnificently express through you, to show forth. For you to be able to behold and grasp mentally what already is. God doesn't have to create health. God is perfect health. God doesn't have to create abundance. God doesn't have to create peace. Peace is already here. Health is already here. Abundance already is here. But like the prophet Elisha said to his uh, servant when they were surrounded at the bottom of the mountain, at the base of the mountain, by the so-called enemies of the prophet in Israel, when he said, Lord, open up his eye so he can see. What Wayne Dyer is saying is, Lord, open up their eyes so they can see. And the way you do that is by recognizing that I'm always safe in God. I'm always protected in God. I'm always provided for in God. I'm always loved in God. God's grace is always with me. There's there's no such thing as a lack of grace, a lack of God's presence, 
a lack of God's good in my life. The question is, how much of it can I see, know, and understand so I can demonstrate in my life? Because as Emmett Fox once wrote, there is no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So Wayne Dyer went on to write, and this is powerful. This is really powerful. Change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. He says, I can guarantee you that the universal mind only flows in harmony with its own nature, which is providing endless abundance. Stay in harmony with this nature and all of your desires have to manifest for you. The universe knows no other way to be. If you tell the universal mind what you want, it will respond by leaving you in a state of wanting, never arriving and always needing more. If, however, you feel that you... That what you intend to manifest is already manifested. You are unified with your intention. Never allowing a moment of doubt or listening to naysayers, you will be in the presence of that all creating field of intention. So, what he's saying is when you have the feeling of want, universal law gives you more of the feeling of want. When you speak as and think, feel, and believe as having, then you get the opportunity to experience the having of a thing. This is why metaphysical teachers have taught through the ages to affirm I am instead of I want. I am instead of I want. All right? I have. I want. I am. I am. That's why he wrote, I have enough money and I allow what I already have enough of to flow to me. I just want you just to be present to that and what that looks like and what that means. I have enough. I always have enough. My cup always runs over. There's no such thing as my cup not running over. I live in the perpetual flow of my cup runneth over. All right, back to the book, page 177. The Art of Allowing. The universal mind of creation is in a constant state of supplying. It never shuts down. It takes no vacations. There are no days off. It is perpetually giving forth. Just think about that. The universal law, the universal grace, the universal supply never sleeps. It is always supplying. The question is, am I always receiving? Now, let's go back to the scripture in the book of James when it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let him not think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. But let's flip that. A single-minded man is stable in all of his ways. Let him expect that he will receive from the Lord. It's just, it's just, getting yourself in a state of allowing. Next paragraph. Allowing this all-giving source into your life means becoming aware of the resistance that you may be placing in the way of abundance that's always being supplied. In other words, how am I resistant to new good? How am I resistant to new ideas and possibilities? Because the new good is first going to show up as an idea. The idea that I'm always supplied. And then you get an opportunity to practice it. When situations and circumstances show up, 
How am I going to see this? This is why Jesus said, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. So Wayne Dyer wrote, when the frequency with which you are vibrating is in contradiction with the frequency of universal supply, you create resistance, thereby inhibiting that flow of abundance into your life space. Your individual vibrations are key to understanding the art of allowing. Now, I like the way Charles Fillmore uh, states it. He wrote that thought is mental vibration or impulse. So to think is to radiate energy or vibration or impulse. Thought is a byproduct of thinking. So as you're thinking, you are also vibrating. As you're thinking, you are radiating. As you're thinking, you are aligning with something. Are you in alignment? Are you in vibration or in tune with your spiritual wholeness or the silliness of the world or the ego uh, ambitions? And what I mean by that is sense of separation and, and the judgments and criticisms and the distractions of that the mind shows up to give you instead of staying true to the awareness that you are God's individualized expression and you are supposed to be supported by the universal flow and grace of God. All right. He wrote thoughts that emphasize that you don't believe that you deserve set up a contradiction in energy. Every time you have doubt, fear, anxiety, frustration, depression, and resignation, you're putting yourself more and more out of alignment with your universal good. This is why you can't afford the luxury of a negative thought. I'm not saying nobody, you are never think negative. But as I've said many times on this podcast, the, the, how soon or how quick can you recalibrate back to truth? That will determine the health of your life. How quickly can you recalibrate back to your truth after you've been frustrated, upset, angry, or whatever? Because that'll determine the quality of your life. All right, back to the book. All right. Page 178, he wrote. Middle of the book. I feel successful. I intend to feel abundance that is here now. I feel successful. I intend to feel the abundance that is here now. Then he wrote, repeat these words or create your arrangement of words with continually inundate your thoughts during your waking hours with a new belief of being successful and abundant. When you are, when you've activated these thoughts enough times, they will become your habitual way of thinking and you will have taken the steps to eliminating your resistance to allowing. Repetition is the mother of all learning. When you want to learn a new thing, you have to be willing to be bad to be good, which means you got to get in and just say the same things over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. As Jacob said to God in the wilderness in the book of Genesis, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. All right. He says, these thoughts will then become what you say in silence, prayer like messages to yourself. I am success. I am abundant. I am success. I am abundance. All right. All right. 
So let me get to detachment and attachment. And he basically says that, you know, you, you don't get attached to the stuff. The stuff expresses through you. It comes, it goes. You're always in the universal flow. Don't get attached. Now, I was going to read what he was, he said, but I think I want to say what I want to say around this. In the in the Torah or the Pentateuch, the Hebrew Hebrews wanted Moses to help them find food. Like God had took us out here to this wilderness, and now we can't eat. And God provided manna to the Israelites, but he told Moses to tell the people, you'll get manna from heaven every day, except for the, the day before the Sabbath, you'll get two, so you don't have to collect it. If you try to eat yesterday's manna, it will be spoiled. But they tried to collect it anyway, but it was spoiled. Why? Because don't get attached to what has been former manifestations. Recognize that God and God's grace shows up fresh and new daily. And that there's always enough. I don't have to hoard. There's always enough. I'm not saying people not telling people not to save or invest your money or value what you've accumulated in the past. But the attachment to things sometimes becomes greater than our focus on being the universal conduit for divine good. God first all the time. What is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments? I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt put no other gods before me, not people and not things. I don't care how many things you have and how many people in your are in your life. God is always first. All right. We're going to take a quick, quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm still teaching the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I'm teaching the chapter, It Is My Intention to Feel Successful and Attract Success, what is it? Uh, Attract Abundance into My Successful, and It Is My Intention to Feel Successful and Attract Abundance into My Life. I'm tripping over my words today, y'all, but it's okay. The next thing is paying attention to your feelings. And this is key because, as you know, Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. So he wrote, page 180, paying attention to your feelings. Your emotions are the inner experiences that tell you how much of the divine energy you summoned for the manifestation of your desires. Feelings can be measuring tools that gauge how you're doing in the manifestation process. In other words, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel abundant? 
In other words, you got to get full of the feeling of what it is that you desire. All right. He also wrote in that same paragraph, these emotions tell you precisely how much of the life force you are summoning and how much pulling power you have going for you at the moment. I love the term pulling power because he's basically saying is the more you are in alignment with the truth of your being, the more you have the opportunity to pull experiences, create and generate experiences that you desire. Some of us are wasting so much of our energy and power on things that we don't want, that we don't like, and putting our attention on everything other than getting clear in mind about what we want and getting that conviction of feeling that we feel tired, even though we haven't done much in, you know, in life. Sometimes you can be so mentally stressed that you're physically tired, mentally, emotionally, and physically tired. But all of that energy is sort of like soldiers marching in place for 12 hours, but they haven't gone anywhere. I want you to be present to that. Drink me a moment of water. Hold on just for a second while I drink this water. Uh, as the water boy said, Adam Sandler, that's some high quality H2O. Now, back to the book. He wrote, strong feelings of despair, anxiety, blame, hate, fear, shame, and anger are sending you the message that you want success and abundance, but you don't believe it's possible for you. Oh, that's great. That's good stuff right there. These negative feelings are your clues to get busy and balance your desires with those of the universal mind of intention, which is the only source of that which you desire. Negative emotions tell you that your pulling power for intention is weak or even non-existent. Positive emotions tell you that you are connecting to and accessing the power of intention. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. All right. So he went on to say, there's so much stuff in this chapter. You just have to read it. He wrote, money is is only one of those means. And the faster your vibrational energy around abundance radiates, the more money will show up in significant amount. So as you are in your vibration is higher, it gives you an opportunity to attract more. Next paragraph. He says, I'm not suggesting that you just wait for everything to fall into place. I'm suggesting suggesting that by declaring, I intend to feel successful and attract prosperity. Your emotional energy will shift and you will act as if if what you desire were already true. Your actions will be in harmony with the faces of intention and you will be provided with what you are rather than attempting to be provided with what's missing. So what he's saying basically is you get what you are, not what you want. Jesus said it this way. To whom who has, more will be given. But he who does not have, that which he has will be taken from him. It's a mystical statement. If you miss it, you're thinking we're just talking about the outer world. But he's talking about consciousness and the effects or the manifestations of those of the mindset you have. If you have that, which you have, if you have it, you'll get more. If you don't, you won't. In Mark 11, 24, Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you have received it. 
excuse me, when you pray, believe that you have it or believe that it's already yours and you will receive it, depending on the translation. When you pray, believe that you have it and you will receive it. You don't pray to get, you pray to know that you have it already. The prayer of having it, the realization of having it creates the experience of having it. All right. Wayne Dyer wrote something that was very interesting in the next paragraph. He said, at this point in my life, I refuse to participate in any desire unless I have a total non-resistant knowing that it can and will manifest into my life from the all-creating source of intention. In other words, he just wants to be an open and receptive vessel. So let's get into making your intention a reality. You get some steps beginning on page 183. Number one, step one, see the world as an abundant, providing, friendly place. Mm. All right? Because you will meet who you are. I meet no one but me. He wrote, when you see the world as abundant and friendly, your intentions are genuine possibility. Your intentions, see, when you believe that, you know, people love to help me. People love to open doors for me. People love to create opportunities for me. People love to support me. People love to give me money. Just like Dr. Leroy Thompson, the money cometh preacher. He shows up at churches and conferences, and before he even opens his mouth, people are giving him $10,000 checks, hundreds of dollars at a time. Because for him, he's always in a state of money cometh. So wherever he goes, money just comes. Step two, affirm, I attract success and abundance into my life because that, that is who I am. I attract success and abundance into my life because that is who I am. In other words, yet again, you are claiming that you are one with the good you desire. Just put your mind in the consciousness of wholeness. All right. He wrote, your goal is to eliminate any distance between what you desire and that form which you pull it into your life. With from, excuse me, let me reread that again. I have a reason I'm just tripping over the words today, but it's all good. Your goal is to eliminate any distance between what you desire and that form which you pull it into your life. Abundance and success aren't out there waiting for you to show up waiting to show up for you. You are already it. I'm not waiting on abundance. I am abundance. I'm not waiting for money. I am money. Step three, stay in the attitude of allowing. Again, as as I mentioned with Dr. Leroy Thompson, he's always in a state of allowing money coming. Money coming. Wherever I show up, money shows up because wherever I show up, it has to show up. Why? The song psalmist wrote it in psalm 23 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life now some translations and dr rocco erico who is an aramaic and hebrew uh, scholar says that it would be better translated surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life can you imagine good pursuing you not just follow, pursue. H- have you ever heard on the news, uh, the news uh, caster say the police are in hot follow? No, they say the 
police are in hot pursuit because pursuit is following with direct intention to catch whatever is following. You can follow something and never catch it, but pursuit is following to catch. Surely goodness and mercy, surely money and abundance shall pursue me all the days of my life. Now, that's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Number three, uh, that I do stay in the, in the attitude of allowing. Allowing means being in alignment. Allowing means permission. Allowing means getting out of your own ways. You're letting go and letting God. You're allowing yourself to be in the space. He wrote, picture the, desi- picture the abundance you desire freely flowing directly to you. Refuse to do anything or have any thought that compromises your alignment with the source. Step four, use the present moments to activate thoughts that are in harmony with the seven faces of intention. What does that mean? He wrote on page 184, say I want to feel good whenever anyone tries to convince you that your desires are futile. Say I want to feel good when you're attempted to return to low energy thoughts of disharmony with intention. Wanting to feel good is synonymous with wanting to feel God. Remember, God is good, and all that God created was good. So this is basically saying you have to remind yourself over and over again consistently all day when your mind tries to stray what the truth is. Imagine that you are walking your mind like you walk a dog. And, you know, sometimes the dog tries to run away and run to go chase another dog or chase a car. You need to pull that leash. And have that dog walk right next to you, just like you'll see some Milan, the dog whisperer. Keep your mind in check. Don't let your attention start wandering off to wild and vain imaginations. Keep your mind where you want it to be. Keep your emotions where you want them to be. Step five, initiate actions that support your feelings of abundance and success. Here, the key word is actions. I've been calling this acting as if or thinking from the end and acting that way. How would you talk? What would you do? How would you present yourself? How would you dress? What would you read? What would you study? What would keep your focus if you were experiencing the success and abundance you desire? Step six. Remember that your prosperity and success will benefit others and that no no one lacks abundance because you opted for it. In other words, you don't have to feel guilty because you are succeeding and abundant and somebody else isn't because there is no lack. There's only a lack of awareness of God's I'm not present good. So you getting more does not mean somebody else has to not have it because sometimes people feel guilty because they're they have more than their loved ones or their peers or their or the people they grew up with in life. But if you worked on your consciousness, if you developed the skill and the education to succeed, then you have nothing to feel guilty about. And you can bless others because guess what? It's easier to pull somebody out of the hole than it is to be in the hole with them and push it. You get out of the hole and now you have options. Step seven. Monitor your emotions as a guidance system for your connection to the universal mind of intention. He wrote it this way. When you are inspired, you activate dormant forces and the abundance you seek in any form comes streaming into your life. 
So as you monitor your, your emotions and your guidance system, where's spirit guiding me? What am I being, what am I feeling I'm being led to do? Stay in tune. That's what he's saying. Stay in tune. Step eight, become as generous to the world with your abundance as the fill of intention is to you. So he wrote, use your prosperity in the service of others and for causes greater than your ego. You know, for instance, you know, you know, I'm a big believer that you tithe where you get your spiritual support. People who tithe and give uh, donations should always give to where they get their spiritual support. I can't tell you how many times I've showed up in one of my classes and I've said to them, if this is where you get your spiritual support, this is where your tithe should go. This is where your donation should go. Support that which supports you. Uh, and you can then be generous and give to other things. I'm not just talking about tithing. This tithing is one aspect of it. And if you want to go back and listen to me teach about tithing, if you go back several years of my uh, archive of 400 plus episodes, I did four lessons on the miracle of tithing. What does it mean to be a giver and a cheerful giver? But in other words, don't just take, give, be a blessing to others. Take somebody to lunch, take somebody to dinner, give somebody a blessing when they need it. Use your wisdom, okay? Because you don't owe them anything. Use your wisdom because some people think you owe them and you don't. You work, you earned it. You have a right to do what you want to do with it. And nobody has a right to dictate what you do with your money. All right, step eight, step nine, excuse me. Devote the necessary time to meditate on the spirit within as the source of your success and abundance. This goes without saying. The more you have a conscious realization of God, the more you give yourself an opportunity for the divine flow of abundance and success uh, to come into your life. Stay focused. Do the work. Do the prayer work. Do the meditation work. Study. It matters. Step 10, develop an attitude of gratitude for all that manifests in your life. What you praise, you raise. Thanksgiving and, and gratitude before you even receive your good is an excellent mental tool. Giving thanks while you're experiencing it is an excellent spiritual tool. Giving thanks after you've experienced it. Thanking God for the blessings in the past is a great experience because all of those things transform your consciousness and make you more open and receptive to the good. I even thank God for the blessings I see other people have. I see other people uh, get a new home, but get a new car, get a new job. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise. Thank you, God. Why? Because you want to be in a space of acknowledging the blessings, whether it is yours or someone else's. It opens you up to the divine flow. So with that, I'm going to close out, but I just want you all just to be mindful that what he wrote on page 186. The energy that creates worlds and universes is within you. It works through attraction and energy. Everything vibrates. Everything has a vibratory frequency. So it's your job to get in tune with the truth of your being because God in you knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So next week, we're going to cover chapter 11. It is my intention to live a stress-free, tranquil life. Thank you, God. And so it is. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transform.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.